Hey, what's up? What's up? Oh, not much. I'm just uh, waiting for some other people to show up, like uh, Matt and Omega. <laughs> yeah, I so... Was, I, thought, I thought it was going to be a StreamYard link, and uh, I was just like, oh, crap, I'm going to be on camera. I better get my TV head just to be safe. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is voice only there, Fatal. This is voice only, so... Yeah, I'm still pretty much getting some stuff together, and uh, since I actually, since the rest of the crew shows up, uh, we'll sit and talk. Cause I've been chopping at the bits doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, later tonight, I have. Uh, well, I mean, uh, in about an hour, I do have to leave to go pick up my son, and then I should be back. All right. But uh yeah, of course, but yeah. Yeah. Hey. And then um just, and then I sh I should be back like and I said, everything should be cool. Later okay. tonight. Okay. Well, if you actually need to go, yeah. Feel free to leave and uh come back we can actually finish up. Oh yeah. Um but. Also, later tonight, if you're interested, I'm going to be I'm going to be hosting an anime watch party on oh. StreamYard. Where's that going to be on? Huh? Oh, on streaming? That's gonna be fun. Yeah, I definitely would. I would love that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so my titles that I have selected for tonight are Area Eighty Eight, the original OVA series. Hmm. Uh, Armitage the Third, Polymatrix, and Ooh. the and the newly released Bell uh, from director Mamoru Hosoda. So, should be it's a. So I have uh, those on the docket this time. Uh, I haven't done an anime. I'm hoping to actually do it tonight, uh, depending on if my if my plans are good for it. But um, oh, most definitely. Yeah, as soon as you're ready, just uh, give me the link, and I'll actually be be sure to be there. Yeah, I'm gonna try and get. I'm gonna, I'm trying to get Matt in here. Uh, now, Bell might not work for me. I have to do certain things in order to get, like, I'll have to run it through my PlayStation 4, probably, because my uh, my disc tray does no, no longer works on my Xbox One, so <laughs> PS4 it is. And yeah, then I'm going to have to run it yeah. through my game capture so I can use it as a camera. And then I'm going to have to use the microphone through the game capture, and then I'll have to set up my own profile through my phone so I can actually, you know, talk through StreamYard. Yeah, I hear uh, Basically, I'm just actually wanting to do this because, like I said, I've been trying to actually talk about this with you guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, whole, the whole mecha anime. You know what? Here's my take on that. First off, mecha technically was the first shonen anime. Yeah, I know. And so, also, just a little, yeah. And also, just a little FYI, I've actually been starting a, uh, starting my own uh, MechaCon. Yeah, I, I think I said, I think I might have said something about that. Uh, I used to do a lot of mecha mech designs, uh, back when I was in like junior high and high school. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, 
because I was doing my own little me- I was doing my own little mech mecha story with a friend of mine. Uh, I was writing the story and doing some of the mech designs, and he or I made the characters and the mech designs. He wrote the story, so yeah. In um, fact, um, let me just go back in the house, and then we can actually uh, continue our conversation since. I'm outside, and that's why it's a little choppy. Oh, you actually got some wind there? Uh, no. Basically, the uh, signals... I mean, I'm running on Wi-Fi right now, so... Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's... Uh, it, it's humid. Yeah, it's here, yeah. Here, I just finished mowing the grass. In about an hour, I'm probably gonna... Or, you know, in about an hour, I'm got to go pick up my son and come home probably take a shower because i'm not gonna lie that that, that humidity is killer yeah i hear you like i said i wanted i want i want to do my own uh mecha comic because uh basically after what gigak said about mecha fans and stuff like that that was just complete bullshit mecha is Sure, I, I, I get the idea that Mecca's not being put out as much at like especially in American when it comes to American releases, Mecca is just not being put out as much as other anime. But the thing is, is Mecca is not dead. Mecca is still thriving in other countries. You know? Especially Japan. Like Mecca is huge in Japan, so it, it, Yeah. It's, the thing is, is America, especially with the mainstream anime people, they are literally controlling what's coming in and what's going out. That's why we're having the problem with English localizers now. Um, that's another reason why I decided to go back and look through my favorite Xenosaga games because, oh, by the way, they're Mecha as well. But, um, but I'm going through the Xenosaga games to take a look at the side-by-side comparisons of the censorship in those games. Oh yeah, I totally agree. And also, like I said, here's the premise for like uh for my like mecha comic. Sorry, I'm trying to swing it right now, so hmm. That's really, really good. I'm really interested in see what kind of uh what kind of story you got going for the mecha comic. Like uh, uh is it gonna be like a like a Obviously, probably about a war, right? Actually, it's just not just a war. This is like, you know, it's like Pacific Rim in a way, but everything's like, you know, it's going to be a mix between like D&D slash uh, Record of Lotus War with uh, some freaking bastard. And also <laughs> it's going to have like, you know, post-apocalyptia, sort of like Mad Max or Fist of the North Star. Ooh, and of course, I'm going to throw in a hell, hell of a freaking mecha in there as well. That ought to be fun. Uh, when it comes to like mecha series, I think my favorite concept, and they use this in multi, in a lot of, uh, they use this in like Gundam every so often. It's not it's not very present in, in the Gundam series, but they use this whole trope of the stress of the mecha pilots, and I believe the one that first started it was, had to be I, I I could be wrong, but the stress of the mecha pilot creating um like it like where shit gets kind of trippy and they lose their minds 
um, I, I believe Evangelion started it, and I saw it again. I saw that same trope again pop up in Elreka Seven, and um, I kind of want to continue that trope—the stress of the mecha pilots creating a psychological thriller. You know? Yeah, because those fact, are, those are so much fun. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, I was also thinking of actually having our protagonist being portrayed by Norman Reedus. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I just actually really like Norman Reedus. Especially when he played uh, freaking Daryl Dixon. Uh, everybody loves Daryl. My brother. Big fan. Um, yeah, so... And also, he doesn't really actually have an actual name since he actually threw it away after, after his wife died and stuff like that. So he actually just goes as the... He just actually... He's just known as the Drifter. I didn't catch that last word. Known as the what? The Drifter. The Drifter. Yeah. He's like a wandering mercenary because basically he actually got the currency. He'll actually do a job. Hmm. A Merc pilot. I, I like the concept. And he always actually rides around on a motor, on like a high-powered motorcycle, too. Uh, so. Of course. <laughs> it seems to be uh, uh, Norman Reedus's uh, M.O. sometimes. Yeah, definitely. That's why I actually based it off of like uh, Norman Reedus. Now, since it's more of like a post-apocalyptic sort of feel... And I'm pretty sure you kind of want more, not necessarily like, because uh, you've seen Xeno, you've seen Xenosaga and Xeno Gears and Gundam. All their stuff is kind is you know it has its edges to it. But every time I see something more post-apocalyptic, I see something more uh, junkyard sort of feel, uh, parts mix match together on on mechs and such like that if you've played fallout 4 like the raider uh power armor kind of comes to mind oh yeah but you know i kind of i kind of got some like i got some ideas going but you know i still got i guess my story's still a wip though but i'll actually see if i can actually do the uh send you a link to it and you're gonna have to give me the invite so I mean, I'm still in the first chapter, though. <laughs> well, I'm actually writing a book. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, no, I didn't have No, well, then again, I'm, I, follow, I had you followed on my last account, and then uh, I lost all those followers, and I was, I'm still trying to regain them all back, and I can't remember their names. So I just remember parts of their names. And when I put it into the search bar, I still can't find them. And so, and, and I'm not gonna go through people's followers list just to find out who I'm missing. So that's uh, that's true. That, that I mean, that's a that's a chore. Yeah, it is, especially for those who actually have like over a thousand followers. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and me, my follower count. And my fo my follower count is literally ju I think just reached a hundred so, and I'm happy with that. I like to keep a low follower count, and I like to keep a low following as well. So, 
Yeah, I, I totally, I totally hear you. I'm actually in chapter, I'm in chapter five of my novel right now, so can't wait until that. Yeah, in fact, I wanted to help my friend uh, establish like our uh, indie comic company called Explosion. You want to start a company or? Yeah, we're going to start our own like comic book brand, like, you know. That'll be, that'll be interesting. You have to... Yeah, and I've already got like uh, three three comics that I want to start in progress. Mm. Yeah, the first one that I've actually got working is uh, my first one was uh, called Magical Murder Trap Tekikun. Basically, <laughs> it's like the boys with magical girls. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, you say that, and then of course I so I remember somebody saying something i remember the boys scene with uh with the with the laser baby so uh yeah freaking homelander yeah <laughs> in fact i do actually have a character have a magical girl face him yeah uh then of course you go ahead yeah and then afterwards i got like another like um comic I'll call uh, Billy the Kid Demon Hunter. That one's actually based on my trip down to uh, New Mexico. And, I mean, yeah, I went to Fort Sumner and uh, visited the Billy the Kid Museum. I mean, that was pretty cool. And I had fun down there. And also, I just did that one as like, you know, a uh, western-style version of Kometsu no Yaiba, aka Demon Slayer. And then, for my third and third, this comic... That I call Xeroxia Wars. That's the title that I've actually got down, which is going to be like my Apocalyptia uh, freaking mecha series. Uh, that I got working. My title and is. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to. I'm, I, I really have to. Con like. My title in English is called Somewhere in Between Ashtray and Firecracker. Ooh. And the Japanese title is Haizara to uh, Bakchiku no Mano Dokoka. Oh, that's pretty cool. I, I mean, think that I, th I think that would be the Japanese title. I might be missing a word in there. But um Yeah, in fact so what's it about? It is a, a romance drama sci-fi with a little bit of fantasy elements sprinkled in there um, and a bit of a Ooh. psychological thriller. Uh, main character, uh, Masuomi Tanabu. Um, he's, a, he's a musician. He's a pretty good piano player, musician, and he's growing up in what is... Uh, communist Japan. Ooh. Well, I have to do a little bit of history research because if you're, if you're, and I, and I know you follow, uh, or I know, uh, Colonel Otaku. He, yeah. He Colonel Otaku Geekkeeper. Yeah. He, yeah, he he's does. One of my, he's one of my favorite guys. Um, now he posted, up, he posted up something about the assassination of Asan, Asanuma. I believe his name was Inejiro Asanuma, 
the assassination that was carried out by Otoyo Yamaguchi back in 1960. Well, yeah, Masaomi Tanabu's reality is where that never happens. And Ooh. Japan wow. becomes Japan becomes communist after like in the 1970s. And then eventually he's born in 1998 and he lives like that. And the other character, wow. the love interest is Shiori Nagase. And she's a violin a violin player and no, this is not going to this is not going to be, you know, your truth in December. This is or your lie in April or following anything like that. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> All right, I'll drive back. What's okay. up? All right. You back? <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Uh, my grandmother <laughs> needed a glass of water, so I'm going to go get it for her. I know. But anyway, like, here's an interesting question. What was your baptism by fire for uh, being a, a, a Mecha fan? Like, uh, what actually, what anime actually made you into a Mecha fan? I don't know if I ever really considered myself a true Mecha fan. I just like Mecha. I mean, uh, it's, it's hard to say, really. Um, I first started watching Gundam 0079, and it wasn't really for the robots. It was for the story. I really enjoyed the story. I, and I also enjoyed the romance plots in the Gundam series as well, because I've always been a sucker for romance. Yeah. Don't ask me why, but that's how I've always been. Well, and um, and eventually I got in. I, I got into shows like Bubblegum Crisis, and I think Bubblegum Crisis, even though Gundam was probably my first Mecha series, Bubble or uh, yeah, Gundam was my first Mecha series. Bubblegum Crisis, I think, really solidified that with their with their. Uh, with their own version of Mecha series or with their own version of Mecha. So I think that would probably be, yeah. In fact, um, for me, it would be, a yeah, good. So it's, I, like I said, I, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself. I mean, I, I wouldn't consider myself like a true Mecha fan, like the rest of you fine gentlemen are. I just consider myself a general fan who just, who happens to like stories that have mecha in them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. Anyway, but like I said, but for me, my freaking baptism by fire for being a mecha fan was a Gundam Link back in the 90s. When they actually used to show that on a freaking Toonami back in the 90s. Yeah, uh, I never really watched Gundam back in the back in the 90s. I mean, I watched Gundam 0079 and 0080 and 0083 back when it was on Adult Swim. I could, like, they would rotate the Gundams out on Adult Swim. You know, at first it would be, uh, uh, like, uh, this would be the lineup that got me into anime for the most part. It was uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, Inuyasha, Cowboy Bebop, one of the three Mobile Suit Gundams that were there, you know, rotating out and then outlaw star. So that was the lineup for yeah. majority for majority of my adult of my, you know, watching a anime off adult swim. And then eventually they threw in like Wolf's Rain and other anime series and Scryad and Trigun. 
right. Yeah, anyway. But, like, for me, I actually also got into, like, Neon Genesis Evangelion. I mean, what? <laughs> I got the Platinum Edition. All right. Oh, yeah. In fact, I just had to get the Blu-ray edition because uh, I actually got, like, the original series on on DVD, but sadly packed away, and I don't know where it is. My stuff, yeah, <sighs> I, got, uh, I, have, I, have, I got the Platinum Edition, like, what, 7th or 8th grade? Uh, it was at Walmart for, like, 40 bucks. Uh, a used Platinum Edition on eBay is roughly... Uh- um, a used platinum edition on eBay is roughly what two hundred and thirty dollars now. Whoa, jeez! So, yeah, That's a lot of um, money. When you become a collector of certain things, eventually you, event you you eventually have things that are worth a lot of money. Uh, for instance, I have a physical copy of the video game Rule of Rose, and it's going for six hundred dollars used on eBay. Holy shit. But yeah. Booklet and all. But there are also people out there that have, you know, uh, better collections than me. Uh, I've always, I don't know, I've always felt like sci-fi, science fiction stuff, the sci-fi genre is more of my favorite sort of genre. So when it comes to video games and anime, because I mean, how do I put this? If you were to watch a science fiction show in America today, and then, or, or in the past 20 years for that matter, if you were to watch a science fiction show or play a game, science fiction game in America in the past 20 years, and then you take it and compare it to something that Japan has put out, to me, Nine times out of ten, Japan is just going to kick the ass of that because the story is greater. That's yeah, exactly. That's like I'm going to reference Xenosaga again, right there. Xenosaga, that game, those games change. Honestly, the those games changed my life when it comes to playing video games. Exactly. Exactly, and that's another thing I like talking about on this podcast as well. It's not just anime, but also video games, comics, and basically nerd culture stuff in general. Oh, yeah. I mean... Let me tell you the first game that opened my eyes to the world of gaming, aside from what I've already played. Because when I first started playing, all I had was a PlayStation. All I had was a... when I was like three or four years old, my dad was playing like Duck Hunt or Mario on his NES. And of course, he'd let me hit the hit the buttons on the controller, but I did not understand it. It wasn't until I was like six or seven when we got like a PlayStation one and my dad and my dad had bought Crash Bandicoot. And of course, that's the first game I really ever started playing. But eventually it moved over to other games like like Need for Speed and Twisted Metal and stuff like that. But it wasn't until I got a PlayStation 2, and of course I'm still playing 007 shooting games and stuff, where I I know where most of the games are going in terms of gameplay. That's what I'm used to. But when I first started playing Final Fantasy X, 
this is what happened because I did not know this. This is what happened in Final Fantasy X. I make it past the part where Titus and Riku are, you know, where they first meet, right? And then Sin comes. Yeah. And you're transport and Titus is transported to somewhere else, right? Well, he ends up in Besaid yeah. face down, and I'm thinking, oh man. I don't know. Is this a game over? What happened? He's face down. He can't live. What the hell's good? Did he drown? You know, and I ended up turning off the PlayStation 2. And then somebody tells me, no, you can play after that part. What? So I turned it back on after the save game part, thinking I had screwed up my game. No, I loaded the game back up. It showed the scene of him face down in the water. And it turns out that was actually the cut scene. I thought it was a game over. Final Fantasy X had changed my entire perspective on video games. So, and introduced me of Japanese RPGs. Yeah, in fact, you know, this is why we actually need, you know, games like, you know, that kind of. We actually prefer enjoying something, but, you know, God forbid these freaking Twitter Puritans. I actually have to freaking cry and scream and say, Ree! This is actually freaking misogynistic. It means women and shit like that. Oh, God. Give me a freaking break. Yeah, I see that, and I'm just like, why don't you just shut up and don't worry about it? It's ju- if you have a problem with Japanese culture, then you shouldn't be a localizer. You should. Yeah, sort of like that. Oh, sort of like that chick with a freaking weird ass cartoon profile pic on Twitter. Yeah, you know, she, one is the, she, she is the here. big one that everybody's going after right now. Um, oh, because oh, of the persona. Oh, oh, oh God. Yeah. Okay. I, I got to do something here. Basically, oh my God. I can't believe this just happened. Basically, I just actually got blocked by her. Badge of honor, dude. Definitely. I freaking... Dude, that is definitely a badge of honor because anytime you actually call out someone's hypocrisy and they block you for it, it's the badge of honor. And I'm wearing that thing with pride. Yeah. uh, See, I have a problem with localizers because... And don't get me wrong, there's localizers that work with Japanese people to say, yeah, this won't fly in Japan, or we want to maintain this sort of rating, you know. Um, and I, when they did it with Xenosaga Episode 1, where they, where, they, where they censored the scenes, that was Japanese people censoring the scenes, but they were working with their English constituents. So... And I keep telling people, I want to see a Xenosaga trilogy uncensored remaster. Yeah. In fact, I'd say just keep it as is. Let people who enjoy it enjoy it. And they shouldn't actually have every right to actually try to fucking change something just so they can actually fit the wider audience. And I'm using air quotes on wider audience. Yeah, well, not only that, they censored the uh, they censored a, a a boy love yaoi manga. And I'm like, great, way to piss off the gay community. 
because you felt the need to be homophobic. <laughs> well, oh, the not, but they should Yeah. Well, they shouldn't be transphobic. It's yeah. not, it's the guy's work. He's not seriously. They're trying to wipe out femboys. That's what they're trying to do. Um, and there's nothing yeah, wrong with. And femboys. I know that my friend. Yeah, and I know that my friend Dionysus would actually freaking have a few choice words for that shit. Yeah, because <laughs> he's a femboy. Yeah, Dionysus. Is it Dionysus or Dionysus? I always thought it was Dionysus. Actually, it's pronounced Dionysus. Okay. Like Dionysus, the, the god of entertainment and theater. Yeah, that's that's where I thought he got the name from. And then, of course, I got that persona in Persona 5. And, you know, uh, Joker's voice or voice actor goes Dionysus or something. So It's pronounced uh, Dionysus. Oh. Like okay. uh, Dio from This Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, and... I bet you Dionysus would actually be having some very choice words for that stuff. Yeah, I bet. Um... I mean, this is why I actually prefer actually just, you know, proving people wrong, including Gigak. Because... You know, I'm just going to call him Bacchus. But... Because that's his other name. <laughs> Bacchus? Yeah. That's, that's a pretty name. interesting name. I, I had Bacchus. to look it up on my phone. I had to look it up on my phone, so. Yeah. If that, you know, I just actually can't stand Joey, Connor, and Gigak. I mean, those three guys, aka the Trash Taste podcast, they actually live up to their name, Trash Taste. Because they actually just love to trash on other people's tastes. All because, you know, they think in their minds that they have the right to actually destroy anything or anyone that they actually don't see as, you know, legit anime fans. Yeah. Why? My thing is, is why do you people have to do this? What is your damn... What is your damage? Do you hate Japanese people that much? Or do you hate people who actually like the... Japanese culture that they're trying to give to us that much. What I mean, what is it? What are you trying to do here? Are you trying to make it see that's my problem with making things more inclusive? When you'd make it more inclusive, you exclude the people who originally liked it in the first place. And then exactly, and then that's what happens. You make it be it becomes failure. Yeah, and this is why you know. They actually try to ramp up all this, uh, try to gatekeep and stuff like that. Because, you know, we're trying to push gatekeeping because we don't want these, like, uh, freaking Wokies in places of power and try to kick us out. Oh, well, yeah, but here's the thing. We we promote gatekeeping, but, and there's like, gatekeeping's wrong. And I'm like, no, it's not. You don't really think gatekeeping is wrong because look at what you're doing. You're trying to keep us out of it. You don't want us becoming the positions of power because guess what happens? Everything that you worked for becomes meaningless. Now you're shoved out and now you, and then you, they, they these people look at the Funimation and other, look at these voice actors who've been in the industry for 20, 30 years. And they're telling me, Wendy Lee, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, and those other people are saying, 
If you're a right winger, you do not belong in this industry. That is fucking gatekeeping right there. And if you keep telling me and siding with the people that say gatekeeping is wrong, just remember you are guilty of the same thing. I don't want to hear it from you. Don't sit there and act like, well, gatekeeping is very, or, or no, or our industry is very inclusive. It is not. It is exclusive. You have reversed the roles. And besides, exactly. And and don't get me wrong. Every everything has been exclusive. It, or my bad. Hold on, that's not true. Everything was inclusive until they made it exclusive. Yeah, so, exactly. That's why this is why it's both a gift and a curse to say that freaking anime is actually you know being making anime mainstream is both a gift and a curse because. The gift is it actually gives more shine on it, but the curse is you're bringing all these normies into our fandoms. Same yeah. with the comic books, same with gaming. In fact, you know, this is why, you know, they say, like, oh, if you're not a fan of something, then make your own. But as soon as you make your own, then they'll actually try to freaking cancel you for it, try to take your take your income away, and then try to cancel you because you're trying to make something and try to destroy you. You see, yeah. these people are like they they want they'll try and destroy you to keep your voice out because you know, oh, what if this becomes very popular? That's the fucking point. It's going to be popular. We're trying to shut you out of the business without actually having to do anything except make our own stuff. It's called a competition. If you're going to pull that shit, then see, this is why and they're like, "No, we're trying to be more inclusive." That's a lie. First off, when we took up the mantle of gatekeeping, we took it up. We took it up with everything it stood for, as in we're gonna throw you people with your woke agenda out, and we're gonna bar the doors so you can't get the fuck back in. You can like and enjoy everything that's there, and if you don't like it, move on to something else. But that's the reason why gatekeeping exists, is so we can keep your politics, your bullshit, out of our media. Exactly. And here's another thing. I had somebody else that said that said to me that it's not your culture to gatekeep. Well, if that may be true, it is not your culture to fucking butcher and spread to the rest of us. You are destroying their stuff. It is not your culture. So don't you dare sit there and fucking tell me that it is not my culture to gatekeep. When you're the ones who are fucking destroying it in the first place, not you. I, I'm so pissed off at these people whenever they say, it's not your culture to gatekeep. Well, it's not your fucking culture to destroy. All right. I want the pure, unadulterated stuff that's coming from Japan. And I don't need your fucking bullshit getting in the way of that. Either step aside or get gatekept. Take your choice. Join us. And make sure it stays pure in its natural form as best it can be with the English localization without having some bullshit agenda or omitting translations out from things. You know? Oh, yeah. In fact, I totally agree. I freaking totally agree. Basically, you were freaking preaching to the choir about that. Basically... Who the heck do these people think they are actually trying to butcher another country's, you know, freaking culture, their freaking, their creativity, their free freedom of expression? 
here's oh, the God. thing about Don't here's the thing about my novel that I'm writing. Do you know how much work I gotta put into it? I have to study things just so that way, like I'm trying to become Suzaku Kururugi in reverse. That's how much I'm trying to work with my novel here. Suzaku Kururugi. Kudurugi works hard to become an honor honorary Britannian. Me working my ass off to try and be an honorary Japanese guy. Okay, I'm trying to study. The yeah, I, I hear you. I'm trying to learn but, the language. Yeah. I'm trying to put stuff in my book so that way it does not reflect poorly on Japanese people. Yeah, exactly. But you know, well, this is just ridiculous how people always actually tend to freaking just you know shove politics into our faces just because they just want to want us to actually feel as miserable as they are. But I'm not going to let that. Well, I mean, first off, listen, none of us, none of us were exactly into politics until, believe it or not, the Vic Mignogna thing started. Okay? Yeah, and that was none bullshit. Of us yeah, none of us wanted to be here in the whole politics circle. None of us wanted to be here in the whole ideological circle of said politics. Nobody wanted this. We wanted just to, we wanted our escapism. That's what we wanted. And then all of when the Vic Mignogna thing came out, Jamie Markey ran her mouth. And then we've got other things popping up because of it. Everybody else was forced to take a side, including us. And guess which side we took? We we picked. We picked the side that didn't fuck up our stuff. And yeah, apparently exactly. that put us on the opposite side of them, which made us like MAGA supporting Trumpers or whatever. And yeah. some of us did become that, and some of us were not that. The thing is, is you forced us to pick a side when we didn't want to pick a side in the first place. The only reason we got involved is because you people fucked everything up. Yeah, and this is why I became an apolitical libertarian because oh. I'm a believer that if you if your freedom of speech doesn't trample on my freedom of speech, then everything's Gucci. But if it does actually freaking come to that point, seriously, you can just ser you can just take your freaking politics and shove it right where the sun don't shine. Yeah, well, I'm just tired of half these face labias out here on Twitter trying to tell me you support a, a, a patriarchal and sexist you know culture really it's do you realize what you're saying about japan they're not i wouldn't yeah. necessarily say they're sexist but they probably are very pa patriarchal i mean look at their history all right and first off japan really doesn't seem to mind yeah and basically I kind of feel bad for like all the Japanese animators out there because they're actually being freaking underpaid and overworked. Yeah, that's why you know animation these days is actually just kind of going downhill. Uh huh. I mean, see, if I was rich. I'd definitely be, if I could buy up those companies, I'd be like, you guys can keep doing what you're doing now, except I'm just going to give you all raises. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Because basically, if we had the money for that, I'd practically do the same thing. I'd actually make sure that, you know, the animators actually got a fair pay. 
I'd actually make sure that they actually had, like, you know, the ability to actually, you know, get some rest, get, like, you know, plenty of rest, and, you know, make sure that they're ready to go again. And not have, like, this freaking overcompensational workload and stuff like that. It's, um... It's just total insanity. Really. I know. It's just ridiculous. And I just kind of freaking find that completely stupid. Uh, my thing is... Why do these people have to do this? Are they so bitter about things in their own life that they have to do this? I mean, to, to first off, it, let's my dream, which probably might not come true, but my dream is to see my novel turn into an anime. Yeah, okay. I mean, I definitely would like to actually see all three of my freaking comics be turned into anime. I'd love to... You know, for me, I'm working my butt off trying to make sure, you know, it, when, even when it comes down to the English idioms, I got to make sure I got to be very careful. And I start looking for Japanese idioms to see if I can use in there in, in my writing instead of English idioms. And uh, otherwise, it doesn't translate well. So and I would really like to see it turned into an anime. The thing is, is if it's turned into an anime, I want to be, you know, I want to, like here, here's the freaking script try and take this script, which is the book that I wrote, and put it into this anime. And if you can't fucking do that, you're fired. I mean, I would hate to have my stuff you know, you know, mistranslated or just, you know, purposely translated to fit some agenda. At that point, I'm like, who did this fucking shit? It's gross. And they're like, oh, you're just a misogynist. I wrote the fucking book! Yeah, exactly. Basically... made this and you people butch if i <sighs> the thing is is you know because you know it's like well you are just misogynistic and you don't understand and the artist the art yeah the artist the artist the creator guess what i'm the fucking creator you're butchering well, it my turns work out that... not just that but did you know that 71 percent of the anime industry is made up of women. Yeah. Well, the creators of said anime. I I, I remember that thread, and then and then somebody said, "Yeah, no wonder anime sucks." And they had the Edward Elric profile picture, and I'm sitting there going, <laughs> "It's so funny." Yeah, and Fell Alchemist is created by a woman. Exactly. Hiromi. I can't remember her last name. Yeah, and uh, she is just really beautiful. I mean, I just really like uh, how, how they actually showed her, and, like, you know, I really like her work as well. I just can't really stand all this freaking bullcrap that people are actually saying, like, oh, freaking. Sexist, it's racist, it's all that kind of stuff. But you know, this is why I actually pretty much you know want to actually make like my comics like uh, come to life as well. Because as soon as I actually pretty much you know do the first five chapters of like you know each of my comics and try to get that all out there, 
and if they actually sell good enough, I'll probably continue the series of each one. Because I just want to actually get my feet wet and try to actually, you know, see if it's actually good enough. And then if it, if it sells, then I'll keep going. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to, that's why I'm trying to get my novel finished. I'm in chapter five right now. And I, I still have a yeah. long way to go. And once it well, gets also done, I've been gonna... working on a bit of an autobiography. Mm. Oh, go ahead. Once I'm done, oh. I think I'm gonna. Yeah, once I'm done with that book, I'm putting it on Amazon to where you can either get it via Kindle or. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I I started playing a game. I would love that. Yeah, in fact, I, I wanted to say, uh, freaking, I actually hope to actually have, like, my three comics get either turned into, like, legit light novels, manga, or Japanese anime. But, anyway, that's kind of like, out, but... <sighs> playing Final Fantasy 7 remake again because I'm bored yeah I don't blame you I mean just uh, chatting with you is just pretty much you know the uh, what I'm mostly doing yeah I don't know and... where Mad Matt is so he's usually I mean, like the first I've already one sent the link to yeah and I'm still waiting on Omega as well because you know those two are freaking mecha heads. I know he's one on here or either Dionysus, but you no. Know, let's just hope he gets here when he gets here, and uh, same same with anyone any other guests. Yeah, I'll be leaving in about 10, 20 minutes because you know got that other thing to take care of. Well, we can actually stick around for that a little longer, but, you know. Oh, my God. Oh, Tox or Top you're... Gun Maverick does not denounce toxic masculinity. It embraces it. Of course. What the? Where did that come from? Uh, screen rant. I'm looking at a screenshot oh. on Twitter right now. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, I hate those fucking articles. And also, there was an article talking about the freaking decline of freaking Mecca, and that freaking pissed me off. It's like, seriously, dude. Have you ever not seen an actual legit freaking like, anime series or anything like that, or even a Mecca? Because that just actually screams normie freaking vibes. Well, the funny thing about normies is that they're all they're stuck in shonen land and they don't want to move to anything else. I mean, heck, I I prefer to keep an open mind when it comes to anime. Sometimes I like to actually go off the beaten path, but I usually prefer watching like uh, freaking shorter series, like you know, 
10, 12, 26 episodes or something like that. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I don't really think freaking 300, 500, 1,000 episodes with 1,000 chapters. The only... It kind of gets a little boring after that. Yeah, the only, like, I don't mind 52 episodes here and there. I don't mind watching 112 episodes like Yu Haka Show. Now, the one anime that I'm having that I'm struggling to get through is Detective Conan. I've already passed episode 500. Holy shit. I love Detective Conan. It's one of my favorite shonen anime. The thing is, is that it's hard to keep up sometimes because I always end up skipping through the fillers. And some of the actual story, some of the actual story or, or the manga canon stuff is just worthless in there anyway. But yeah, true. I still and watch you. it because they offer hints of the story. And um, yeah. So, you know, there's detective Conan, but for me, I'm, Here's this article. I gotta find this article. Give me a second. Okay. Banner of the Stars is the... Something like that. Whoops. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I mean, seriously. Why can't we just actually... So somebody out there on my anime list Yeah, what about my anime list? Yeah, well, okay. So somebody out there says this. It's famous and in some circles infamous for being the most elitist anime ever made. Having watched Banner of Stars and about 900 other anime, I can confirm this likely true. The word elitism gets tossed around MAL a lot. And I'm like, so why is it? Why? I don't get it. Why is Banner of the Stars elitist? I don't understand. I watched it and I was like, it seems like a good story, you know? Yeah, but, you know, these people, they just like to throw elitism and shit like that around because they just want to fucking feel special. Well, here's the thing. I have no problem with, elitis- with elitism sometimes. Sometimes. Because yeah, when it comes to, like, when it comes to, like, seriously, think about it, like, Black Sage D, I consider him somewhat of an elitist too. I don't really have a problem with that. I mean, I there's a lot of things I don't necessarily agree with, but I just keep on scrolling. Most of the stuff I do agree with him on. Yeah, he does actually has a good point, but you know, there's other times it's actually like you know, kind of takes it a little over the top. But I don't. Yeah. But, there, but to me, there's really nothing wrong with elitism in video games or anime. 
when it comes to yeah, but stuff like that. That's just how it is. I mean, think about it. Look at Fortnite. Look at Fortnite. Look yeah. at PUBG. Look at all these Battle Royale games. Elitism exists. Yeah, exactly. And also, another thing, my version of elitism would be like people like uh, Mother's Basement, freaking The Anime Man, and Giga, Sea Dog, freaking Forever World. All these other, like, freaking. All these, like. Like these freaking fake ass anime fans that actually will shit on their fans just so For they can Never actually World get a does paycheck. That? I mean, I don't really watch for Neverworld stuff, but he seems like an all right guy. All I know is that he's just oh, a big Dragon Ball fan. That's really all I know about him. Basically, he actually said that freaking. He actually made this lie saying freaking Fire Force actually gave him PTSD. Oh, God. Oh, God. It Talk is. about stupid. All right. It is 2.04. I need to get on out of here and uh, go pick up my son. And then um, I should be back in about an hour or two, depending on what uh, goes on. All right. But, so hopefully well, you got – Let's call it good. Well, so yeah, let's hopefully have like – Yeah. Go ahead. Hopefully you get. Hopefully you get some more viewers in here. And I'll probably come back and uh, I'll probably come back or send you a DM or something like, "Hey, yo, I'm back. I'm gonna I'm gonna type in the thing, type in the link on my computer," and because um, that's what I did. You, I got it on my phone and I went ahead and just copied and pasted the link to where it spread itself out so I can read it, and then I just typed it in on my computer, and here I am on my computer. So I don't. Right. I don't well, have anyway. To... Let's see. Let's see. Like I was about yeah. to suggest, why don't we actually, why don't we just call it good here? So, uh, I'll send you a, I'll send you a DM so, for the watch party later. All right. All right. Yeah. Anyway, let's actually get our final goodbyes out of the way, so that way, uh, you know, we can end the podcast here since it's just been the two of us. And I do appreciate you being on board. Oh man, I, yeah, anything to talk anime culture in general, it's fun, and uh, you know. With you being one of the knights of the anime table, it's always fun. So, yeah. So, I actually appreciate you coming on board and actually, you know, dealing with my crazy ass shenanigans as always. But you know, <laughs> just actually. But like I said, till we actually meet again, just remember these four things: respect the waifus and fan service, enjoy your fandoms, embrace your degeneracy. Anime is freedom. And until the next time we meet again, this is Mr. Anime343 saying God, Anime, Mecha, and Big Titty Waifu fucking speed. <laughs> That's just me ripping on Razor Fist, by the way. <laughs> well, anyway. Well, anyway, I'll talk to you later, all right? Yeah, peace out, man.